Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Man City top Newcastle in front of a joyous Etihad. A big win for Spurs over Manchester United in Ange Postacoglu's first match in charge at home. Liverpool defeat Bournemouth 3-1 despite going down to 10 men. And Moises Caicedo's Chelsea debut is spoiled by West Ham at London Stadium. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. OK, welcome my friend Robbie Earl. Nice to see you, uh, buddy. Uh, missed you in the studio this weekend, um, but I'm sure you watched all yeah. the games. Um, I think we should start Absolutely. with the champions, Manchester City, uh, in a game that I thought mm-hmm. was going to be tricky for Man City, even though it was at home um, against a Newcastle side that mm. we saw at St. James's Park, like live in the stadium. And we were really impressed with the way that they yeah. played. And given City's midweek uh, adventure, to Athens, Greece, where they won the UEFA Super Cup against Sevilla on penalties. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva not being available. You know, a few reasons why Man City might not quite be at their best against a strong Newcastle side, yet they still, Mm. they still showed the class with who they put out there. And I thought a really good performance and a 1-0 victory. It's a really interesting point, Rob, you say, because, you know, this season again, I said to Rebecca when we were um, during the first game at Burnley, when we asked who's going to win the title, and I said, Pep Guardiola, half-time rant with Haaland, tells me everything I needed to know, that they're going to be the team again. And, and it's funny, Rob, because each, probably if I say the last four or five seasons... People don't tend to say why City are going to win the title. They tend to say why City aren't going to win it. So, yeah, the false nine. We've <laughs> had, the, you know, settling Erling Haaland, uh, Erling Haaland in. We've had, you know, losing players this season, the, the, the Mahrez and the, the Gundawans, those key players. We've had KDB going down with his hamstring now up for maybe four to five months. So all reasons why City are not going to win the title. And then... What City do, Rob, is play a brand of football. And, and here's my sort of first takeaway. See, the genius of Pep and the way that City play isn't reliant on any one individual. And Kevin De Bruyne is one of their great individuals, but Manchester City could win a title without Kevin De Bruyne. Right, there's, there's my first statement. Why would I say that? Are they better with De Bruyne? Of course, with his passing ability and, and his assists and his football intelligence. But there's been times when Kevin's, Kevin De Bruyne has been injured and out for peers. There's times he's, he's not always played. They can find another way with their dominance of football, with their disabling of the, of the opposition, to a point where it was an interesting one for Newcastle because we saw them live, put five past Villa, look intensely on top of the game, yet City dismantled them, Rob. They had one shot on, t- on target in the whole 90 minutes. That's what City's football can do, and that's because of the non-reliance on any one individual. Again, I, I'll, I'll repeat it, they're going to be the team to beat. I don't think they are. Well, they are going to be the team to beat, Rob, but I still maintain that if De Bruyne is out for four or five months, mm. um, we'll see who comes in in the remainder of the window. And I'm, of course, I'm going against the flow here, Rob. I'm going, I'm, I'm going against the flow here. And, and you've been proven right the last few seasons where I've been one of those guys that's thought about, yeah. okay, City can't keep doing this. This isn't normal. This is record-breaking. You know, to win four on the spin has never yeah. been done in English football ever, ever, ever before. There's, I think it's five teams 
that's mm. won it three times uh, on the spin. Yeah. Never four. So again, that means something to me. And, and I've been proven wrong with it. But I, I still believe, depending on who they bring in, they're missing some really important parts. That being said, of when course... When you say bring in, Rob, what do you mean? Well, do you, do you feel, mean I bring feel, in another player? Well, I, yeah, I feel, I feel that they, they're going to try and bring in... They're trying about Lucas Pakatar they're talking about. They might have been put on hold mm. right now with yeah. some... some yeah investigations that are going on around the West Ham player. Um, But, you know, you've lost Gundogan. I know know Kovacic has come in and and he's one player that I would definitely single out for this game. But if De Bruyne is out for four or five months, you haven't got Gundogan, you haven't got Riyad Mahrez anymore. Uh, It looks like Bernardo Silva, who's such a key player, is going to stay at the football club. So that's really, really good. You've still got the big man up front. Um, So I'm still, I'm still, even though they were like awe-inspiring, really, I'm like, wow. The power of football, the power of the football, the power of possession, Rob, mm. can dismantle, disable, like, Absolutely. and, and um, you know, they got the goal. I just feel they like crumble, yeah. they might, mm. I mean, listen, I, 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 I know what I feel, but I've just seen something which disproves much of it, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah, what are you thinking? Yeah, because of, of what, how impressive it was. It, I, I, the only thing I would say, Rob, is there was a pretty special atmosphere in the Etihad in this game. They had the three yeah, trophies. Yeah. And by the way, how, how impressive mm-hmm. does it look when the guys come out with the FA Cup, the Premier League uh, trophy, <laughs> and the, and the, yeah. the big ears? The big, I mean, yeah. it just like, mm. wow. I just the thought seeing wanted, those three yeah. trophies come out, it's like, wow. That, that's, that's a very clear image of how blimming good the team is. And I thought the atmosphere was great. I mean, Pep afterwards, Rob, was, was fired up. Was was yeah. um, because he knew that mm-hmm. it's a difficult game, and they they've been at a midweek game where nobody else did. I just thought they were. It was very impressive. And in a day when the fans play play the part, but but you you touched on a couple of points I wanted to. Kovacic Rob is mm. a real smart, mm. clever mm. addition yep. for the for the football. Trust him on the ball, makes good decisions, good football IQ, can burst through in midfield and make things happen. Julian Alvarez, Rob, is a player we haven't really seen the best of yet, no, I don't think. No. Might get more minutes in, in the scene. Bernardo Silva, you said, he is staying at the football club. So I'm, I'm giving you reasons why with the Kevin De Bruyne, but I want to go to my biggest reason and, and, and my underappreciated performer of the week. And some may, may or may not think he's underappreciated. No KDB, but we've got PF, Phil <laughs> Foden, my friend, who is... Arguably the best pocket player in the Premier League. No one exploits that space quite like Foden. Gets on the half turn, plays one touch, then drives forward, then makes something happen. His ability, Rob. Now it's it's going to be a test of this young man. He's twenty. I think he's twenty-three years of age. Yep. I just looked up five Premier League titles, yep. four League Cups, two FA Cups, and one Champions League. Yeah. At twenty-three. Amazing. Amazing. If he was if he was Portuguese, Dutch, German, or Spanish. We'd be we'd be absolutely raving about him. Some, some for some reason because he's English. I don't think he quite gets the credit he deserves. Rob, now now could be his stage to be from that player who's come in, players who had moments, players who played games, but not always are guaranteed. This next three four months could prove to him to become starter, main starter in the team because Phil Foden has. The quality, I'm not sure if he's got the capability yet and the maturity of a De Bruyne, but he's got the quality to step into that role, Rob, and be a game winner for, for Manchester City. And if Foden and Haaland can connect in the way that De Bruyne and Haaland connected, Man City ain't, ain't, ain't going to lose a step. 
So my underappreciated performer mm. of the week is, is, is Phil Foden, who I thought was outstanding, Rob, in, 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 in the game. Newcastle couldn't deal with him, couldn't find a, a spot to, to, to hold him down. And he played Haaland in one or two times. He looked hungry, looked aggressive. He's quicker, Rob, than I thought. He's got, he's got a bit of pace. He's stronger than I thought when he goes body to body with people. And he's got a real hunger and desire to score goals. He's got 78 Premier League goals already. At 23 wow. years of age, he's going to get 150 goals in his career, Rob. He's got a real hunger to get on there. So I just wanted to to to, to my underappreciated player of the week, and one we'll, we'll keep an eye on over the next few months because it's okay to have one game. De Bruyne's consistency is what sets him apart from many others. Uh, Phil Foden, my underappreciated play, uh, performer of the week. Well, you know I'm going to love it because I, I get it as well. By the way, because some people say, well, everybody knows about Phil Foden. Everybody knows he's a good player. But he's still underappreciated, yeah. mate. And how about how about mm. being underappreciated by his gaffer? I I, I know I, I don't see Pep. Pep doesn't. There's some. There's something about Phil Foden that Pep still has a doubt about because he's not. He's not a regular starter mm. like you'd sure expect him to be. I'm not, You're not sure he's what? I, I'm wondering. I'm wondering, I'm not sure if it's doubt. I'm wondering if it's management. I'm wondering if he's managing him in a way that he keeps. He's not ready to play. He's not ready to play. You've got to keep showing me. You've got to keep showing me. You've got to keep showing me, Phil. Um, you know, you're not just going to come in my team because you're 23 and from Manchester. Mm. Yeah, listen, the, we, 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 um, well, a couple of things. You probably saw on our television coverage, Rob, that, you know, when we're yeah, watching games, yeah. we get the ability to, to pick out mm. stuff we want to talk about. And Phil Foden, from I think it was the second minute, did something. And I'm like making yeah. notes, like, yeah. okay, Foden, potential. Because we talked about it, you know, mm. De Bruyne. 11 assists, Premier League assists yeah. for uh, Erlen Haaland last year. He's out the side. Who's going to step up? Phil Foden maybe going to step up. So we pick that out and then, and then oh, there's another one. Uh, uh, guys, there's another one. There's another one. There's another yeah. one. Oh, there's a goal. There's yeah. an assist. Like yeah. it, it, it quick, pick, quickly became a story, a theme of Phil Foden's ability to go from right side of midfield to drift inside yeah. um, to get on the ball. And he, he, was, he was a thorn in the side of Newcastle all the way through. Um, and actually, we spoke to him, Rob. I asked him afterwards. We have this. We on certain games now in the Premier yeah. League, we we get a two-way where a player pops on the headphones and a microphone, and we directly ask him questions. It's brilliant. We've done it for the last couple of seasons regularly. Yeah. And we had yeah, Phil yeah. Foden, and I said to him, the question was, okay, like, well done. Is that about your perfect position? Do you love rolling in from the right to a to a number ten position in behind a striker? And he basically said it, yeah. it, that he's played number 10 before Central and he's played wide, but he, he does mm. enjoy being high and through the middle. Because there was a little bit of talk about him playing as a number eight, a little bit further back in midfield, which means he's got to do a little bit of other things in midfield. But I, I loved his position. I love the fact that he's smart. I'm still baffled, Rob White, Eddie Howe didn't put a man on him or bring on Longstaff or somebody to stop him. I said at halftime mm. in, the, in the game, Rob, what they got to do, Eddie Howe, stop Foden, just stop him. Because he's going to create opportunities all, all yeah. the way through. So it's a good pick out. I think he is a little bit underappreciated for the talent that he's got. He's got brilliant generational talent. Uh, you know, uh, all around yeah. Europe, a, a, a player that's got the softest touch on the ball. When you knock a ball into Phil Foden, he's lovely soft touch. He caresses it, brings it in, and then he's got the ability to slide in those forward players. Alvarez and Harlan did it many times. So I like the shout. Mm. Love Phil Foden as a player. And, you know... It, for me, he would be in the team, Rob, in any spot there. Obviously, he's not going to play the number nine. They've got a number nine. But he's no. better than Jack yeah, Grealish. Yeah. He's back. Um, well, Bernardo Silva's a, a tighter one. But I, I just love Foden being in the team because of his production. Things happen when he's 
in the game and yeah. getting on the ball. Brilliant, brilliant young talent. Yeah, and and now he, he you know, with De Bruyne missing and, and Gundogan yeah. gone and, and Mahrez yeah. gone to a certain degree, but it might be his spot, mate. It might be his time. And, and yeah. so it was an underappreciated form of the yeah. week. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep that going now for, for the next few months and, and, until the likes of, of De Bruyne are back. Um, we, we've talked here, yeah, I think you mentioned uh, Akanji in, in, in the broadcast, oh. Rob, another one oh. who, who I feel $19 million. just fits in. Absolute, I mean, dream, it's a dream buy, isn't it? It's an absolute dream buy. Can drop into that midfield role, Play comfortable, anywhere. can Play drop anywhere. back. He's, he's a good athlete, both feet. I had him, Kovacic. i tell you, he didn't have a good day, Rob. Erling Haaland didn't have a good day. Mm. Erling Haaland mm. looked a little bit... Unhappy in it with himself. He was chuntering a bit and he was, you know, mm. things didn't quite right. His touch was off once or twice. He's got plenty of balls and listen, in. he's going to have those days. And, 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 and yeah, he got played through mm. a number of times, made mm. his runs and, and, and the build-up play was good. And, and that sort of is another reason why I go see, he can still have off days and City can still win. Some, some teams who rely on that centre-forward and if he doesn't score, they're not going to score goals. Then you, you worry. But this City team can still find other ways where Alvarez comes up with a moment and, and he's had some important goals down, down the track already. So a really good day for City. I, I thought I, I was a little disappointed in Newcastle, mate. I've got to be honest. Yeah. Since the Newcastle we saw run all over Aston Villa, put five goals away and look yeah. sparkling on the front foot. And, and I know exactly why you said this will be a bit of a test for City yeah. early in the season. A, a Newcastle team that looked really ready, didn't get their groove going, didn't get their rhythm, couldn't stop Foden. I thought sat a little deep, um, didn't really press with that same level of, of energy that, w- that we've known, whether that was... City's dominance of football or, or lack of confidence, but I thought it was a bit of an off day for for, for Eddie and his team, and, and a little reminder of there's a gap at the top, mate. There, there is a gap, and, and Newcastle are, are, are trying to close that gap, but City are going to maintain a benchmark that's going to be high for everybody else to, to live with. My my thoughts on Newcastle United, Rob, with this game are pretty simple, really. We know what they're good at, right? We know with that yeah. energy, with that power, with that physicality, the, the running ability, they've got the fittest team. They're tremendous at that. I will say this. Mm. To get to the next level, they've got to be better with the ball. They've got to pass the ball and keep the ball better. At the top end of the game, the very top end of club football anywhere, you've, you've, yeah. got, to be, you've got to be really good on the ball. And in moments against City, or in any great side, you've got to have the ball, Rob. And, you, and you, we, we've talked yeah. about how City's football, they couldn't press. They couldn't use their physicality because City are so good with it. No. When Newcastle United get the ball, keep it. You've got to keep the ball. You, you, to, yeah. to, 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 to improve on what they are, you can get to a certain point. Or maybe you can. Maybe, maybe there's teams before, Rob. I'm thinking of a Mourinho, Chelsea, or some of these powerful teams that have won it before. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like Newcastle United have got to get better, possess the ball, keep the ball. Tonali, keep the ball. Bruno's good at keeping the ball. Joe Ellington had a poor game, gave the ball away, some heavy touches. Yeah. You know, other players as well. So that's where I feel like, and anyhow, to be fair, Rob said it, that, that we've got to be better. We gave the ball away too mm-hmm. much. And, and then you're chasing City for long periods of time, which is tiring. So yeah. they'll come again. And it's really early season and we're not drawing any big conclusions right yeah. now. But Newcastle, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, it just was, little, for me, it was a bit obvious that Listen, good sides against Man City that have joy of footballing teams that make them run around a little bit. They don't really want to run without the ball. And Newcastle didn't do that because they gave them the ball back straight away. But no, it it was a good game of football. Great game, yeah, really good game. Let's do two, turn to another good game uh, at the weekend. Spurs hosting Manchester United, big glamour, glamour uh, 
fixture in the Premier League. Had some great history down the years between these two teams. Um, maybe didn't quite go as planned, or certainly as Eric Ten Hag has planned. Uh, Ange Ball came out on top, Rob. Spurs came out 2-0 winners. Um, in a contested first off, where maybe Manchester United feel maybe a little unlucky they, they didn't get the lead, as the game wore on, I have to say, I was a more impressed with Spurs and what they were doing and how they were doing it and their sort of evident joy in trying to play a bit more football, Rob. Mm. And I was, in contrast, a little startled by Manchester United, whose drive, whose determination, whose kind of hunger to, to, to get something from the game got worse as the game went on. And, and it was one of those, Rob, where I think it was nine minutes at the end was added on for extra time. And, and I never once for, for the one nine of the, of the nine minutes felt like United were really going to get back in the game. Funny game. is a little bit Sorry. damning of this yeah. group. No, it is damning, and, and, and we'll get into details of that. I mean, it, it was a funny game, Rob, because I, I expected Tottenham... Tottenham... Mm. Um, they didn't. They didn't play as well as I thought they might in the first half. And to be fair to Manchester United, Rob, the first mm. half an hour they were the better side. Uh, they had great chances yeah. to, to score a goal. Bruno Fernandez header was. I mean, yeah. I, I, I described it maybe harsh as a, as a comedy header. I mean, he's six yards out and it, <laughs> and, it, and it flipping bounces off his head mm. and goes. It was a it was a crazy moment in the game. But United, yeah. to be fair, you know, were at it a little bit and they possessed the ball well. And, and City and uh, Spurs. Couldn't get out, Rob. They could, they, you know, played out for the goalkeeper to the centre back. They did all this stuff, like yeah. they, and they couldn't find a way through. They kept gift, gifting the ball back to Manchester United. Um, second half was very, very different. All of a sudden, Spurs find a way to connect passes. Um, they score a really good goal with Pap Sar, who is part yeah. of a yeah, new, yeah. new midfield, Rob. And just before I let you jump back in, just a, a, a little bit on mm. that. I mean, talk about indicative of the new coach, the new manager. How about, how about Hoiberg on the bench? Yeah, you know, skip out the side. Papsar and Eve Basuma. Mm. If there's one player that that, yeah. that that kind of like sums up the difference of the last two managers with this manager, Eve Basuma now looks a million bucks. A player that wants to get on the ball. Yeah. That the last two managers didn't didn't want Eve Basuma because he's too fancy, he's too technical, he's too risky mm. to have on the ball and to to try to make those passes and flicks and stuff like that. Ange Postecoglou is like, I like that. You, you're good at you can you could technically we, we could do with that. So those two, I thought were. Were, were outstanding yeah. in the middle of the park, and maybe, Robert, a little point to what this Ange Bohr looks like. Those two were, were outstanding. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, in, in this era of £150 million Caicedos and players at that level, yeah. that Eve Basuma, yeah. uh, a player we, we, we saw back in the day and said he, he's talented and, and thoughts. Tottenham was the step that he would go on to and be a platform. And as you say, for some reason, Jose and Antonio didn't, didn't, didn't fancy him, whether he wasn't safe enough, whether he took too many risks, maybe with the ball, wanting possession more instead of just you know moving things on and, and sitting mm. in front of a back four. But yeah, looks, looks, a, looks a proper player. Looks, it looks like almost like a new signing. Mm. Pape Sauce, young, young man who's there, who'll probably be in and out of the team, you know, uh, as the toil of the, of the season goes on. But it's, it's, it's amazing, Rob, isn't it, how a new coach, a new thought, a new mindset can make people look Incredible. so different, make Incredible. players look so different. Incredible. And, uh, and, uh, and that's what Andrew's come up with. And, and the thing that I like about this, this guy, Rob, is it looks like he's got real courage in his conviction. Like, he knows what he wants and he mm. knows how he's going to do mm. it. And, mm. you know, triumph or, or, or failure... I, he's going to do it his way, and and I get you just get the sense the players are enjoying it. 
and the fans, mate, are enjoying it. You get the sense that the fans are behind. They haven't just scraped away, you know, they, they beat Man United, but they played football to beat Man United, and that's what Tottenham's always been at. The Tottenham's we've played against have always had footballers and footballing teams because that's what they demanded at that football club and they went away from that with, with Conte and with Mourinho to say okay let's just win let's just get up there and let's just win and we'll forget some of the football but yeah what Postacoglu's got to show now is he can produce winning football as well as is is successful successful football as well yeah I mean it, of course it's a long season it's a it's a really nice start for yeah. him um but I think when when you look back at it, Rob, I, I was excited for this ex, this experiment really with this coach. Um, after what mm. I'd read about him, uh, some good friends yeah. of mine are Celtic fans, and like you're gonna like two years ago, Rob, they were like you, Premier League's going to come and get him. Our manager's going to come to the Premier League. Yeah. Obviously, it's happened now. With all that being said, Rob, and given the expectation levels, I'm going to chuck in my underappreciated is Ange Postacoglu, and. Yeah, listen, I'm jumping on it Don't really early. It. I'm jumping on it really early. Don't mind it, And I yeah. know, I know there's gonna mm. be, it's going to be this road. I, I mean, I think it's going to be ups and downs throughout the season. But right now, given what people thought and given what the expectations were and the, and the spirit around the club with Harry Kane leaving, oh, my goodness, it's going to be a disaster now. And what are they going to do? And who's this guy? His Australian accent popped up on the, in their press conferences. But it just shows you, you know... Smart coaches don't care what they sound like when they talk. Don't care what what they've been to in the past. Mm. He has been successful and he's won at every single job that he's taken. This is a jump up, but I but I just think you know no more, no more. I think respect will come in, Rob, from from everybody at Spurs, of course, mm. and now others around the Premier League to think of, to think about this Tottenham team as being totally transformed and totally different. And with this transition, Rob. I'm, I'm going to chuck this one in as we go to Manchester United in a little bit more detail. Wow, you, wow you're chucking in a lot on, on, on two weeks in in the season, I'm my chucking, friend. I'm excited, I'm excited. Just, just considering <laughs> the amount of change at Tottenham, right? With yeah. the squad, with yeah. the coach, with players mm. going, and, and the style difference, which is like two ends of the spectrum. What a good response mm. he's getting. Okay, let's switch over. Manchester United... No, no real change. Mm. Same manager. Another preseason. Two hundred and thirty million dollars spent on new playings. There's no, there's nothing different about the style of play. That's what surprised me most about Eric Ten Hag, Rob. That with little change, yeah, there's some change. There's goalkeeper and, and Mason Mount, but otherwise, yeah, yeah, it's the same yeah. group. How can they be so disconnected, unmotivated? Um, when we all know that Ten Hag's done a great job, he's added better players in certain yeah. spots, and yet they are so far down to what we saw last yeah. year, and we know that the team is capable of. Robbie Earl, tell, tell the United States and all around the world why Eric Ten Hag at the moment <laughs> can't get a tune out of this squad. It's a, it's a very good question. Um, listen, we've heard some reasoning behind pre-season, a lot of travelling, players not ready yet. We, you know, it might be like like last season. Rob started season badly. Might take him two, three, four games. We do know players. We've both played. We've played. We probably both had the situation, Rob, where sometimes the season you don't, it doesn't quite kick off, and mm. you need two or three weeks of, of Premier mm. League level to get you back in your game. Then you feel right. But you would say it's happening to too many players, and also. This style of, of what they're trying to do, the system in which he's trying to play, I mean, we saw them, we, we were live at, at, at Old Trafford to see the game against Wolves that they were lucky to win. Um, we, we've seen them now at, at Spurs away from home where, you know, as, as the game wore on, they got worse and worse to the point where, and our great friend Roy, Roy Keane, who we saw last time we were up in England, 
basically said Manchester United are the new Spurs, Rob. <laughs> Which is pretty damning when we know that the, the great... Sir Alex's quote was, this is Tottenham, guys. Like, you know, go out and do what you got to do. This is only Tottenham. When, when we start saying this is only Man United... It, so it's a bit of a worry, Rob, that... that, that and and I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you, or I'm going to pose a question in... The Mason Mount type player that you buy, and, and this isn't it, Mason Mount is a, is a very good player, but Mason Mount is a very good player when your team's playing well. I'm not sure Mason Mount is a very good player when your team's not particularly playing well. Now, that's something that I think needs addressing. Casemiro needs some help in there. Yeah. I don't know if, if, if Bruno, if Mason Mount next to him is the right type, because I don't think he's particularly putting Casemiro in a, in a great light, and Bruno a little bit higher up the pitch. So, so that's one issue. My second issue, Rob, or my second question is Marcus Rashford, who we've talked about at oh. great left. How can Marcus Rashford be so talented on the left-hand side of the pitch, you put him down the middle of the pitch and he looks like he can't, he, he, he can't understand what to do or he, he can't work out how to play as a centre-forward. This guy who's highly skilled, highly technical... A brilliant finisher when he when he's, he's in form. How can just moving from the left to the centre take him so far off his game, Rob? I don't know whether he wants to play there, Rob. He, he looked. We saw him. We saw his body language at Old Trafford against Wolves. He yeah, looked yeah. frustrated, yeah. miserable, as if he doesn't want to play there. I think when you're in a wider position, but, but yeah. yeah, go on. Sorry, go on, mate. No, no. Yeah. I'm just saying when you're on the left hand side that you. you you know, you're up and down, you're a bit more in midfield, maybe a little bit more involvement. When you're playing as a centre-forward, you've got two centre-backs that can get nice and tight to you. If you're not keeping the ball well, you know, you're back to play all the time. I think we, everybody knows that his best position is, is wide left. And we're hmm. still, we are still, and I know they've bought Rasmus Hoyland, and he's still come back from a back injury, yeah. and that's, that is his new striker. But I think we all expected him to take a little bit of time to settle. He's still young, he's very, very raw. You know, Manchester United still need a forward. Yeah. That's one issue. Back to your midfield issue. Um, I, think, I think if Manchester United are passing the ball as they normally do, then Mason Mount becomes different, and you, you get Luke Shaw, Rob. Luke Shaw's the guy that pops into the middle yeah. of the park alongside Casemiro. Mm-hmm. There's your, there's your um, insurance for the counter-attack, and Mason Mount goes and does his thing, as does Bruno Fernandes. So I think that, that's the difference as well. Um, Casemiro, again... I think he does need somebody with him. We did a breakdown on the tactics session, so check that out on NBC Sports YouTube channel, everybody, because we did a little tactics session. Me and Tim broke down that goal. They conceded Papsar's goal, Rob, in terms of midfield. Yeah. that didn't really yeah. engage Papsar going through to score. So um, I'll throw it back to you, Rob, with um, a comment that the press conference of Eric Ten Hag afterwards is, I'd yeah. say, the most frustrated and rattled and rattled I've seen Eric Ten Hag Mm. At his time at Manchester United, yeah. when he's asked and pushed about what, why the team is struggling a little bit, are you? Would you, if you're a Man United fan, Rob, would you be worried that this should that that that, that compared to the other teams that we've seen over two match days, mm. Man United are yeah. way down on third. They were third place last mm. year. Do you think United fans should be worried that is this getting away from us, or is this early season? He's a good manager. He'll find a way to fix these issues up front and in the middle of the midfield. I think an optimistic Man United fan would say, yeah, the latter. That you know, we started badly last time. Mm-hmm. Um, we can you know turn this around. A win next week changes everything. And all of a sudden, you know, things can look rosier. 
What I would say, Rob, and, and it's something that, that that's um, been attached to the club now for, well, seems like forever, the sale of the football club, mate. The yeah. ownership of the football yeah. club. The, 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 the conversations up there, mate, at some point have to be getting yeah. to a guy where yeah. we're in limbo. The football club's yeah. in limbo, yeah. doesn't know if it's coming, if it's going, who's in charge, who's he talking to, is, is it being sold, is it not? Mm. I mean... All the other clubs have a little bit of clarity to a certain degree. Liverpool had to get some clarity, but I think Jurgen Klopp's got that now in terms of, of, of where they are. Pep Guardiola, you know, has got some clarity in, in the way he works and, and what he does. Manchester United, with Eric Ten Hag, haven't, mate. And, and football clubs are represented on the pitch with what's happening off the pitch. And Manchester United are not in the right place, not in a good place off the pitch. And I think that's why we're seeing some of what, what we're seeing out there at the moment. And the sooner this is resolved, the sooner there's somebody in charge who sets a new agenda, who gives some clarity, who talks about the future and can back that up, the better for Manchester United. Yeah, well said, my friend. I think totally agree with that. I mean, that's the last thing on my notes as well, is like the wholesale thing is not great. But listen, I think they're gonna, they are going to bounce back. You know, he maybe yeah. can demand a bit more consistency from Antonis, from Garnachos, from Rashford, from Sancho. That yeah. that worries me a little bit. But no, it was an interesting mm-hmm. game, and, and just you know, we'll move on now, Rob. But Tottenham, wow, like yeah. it's so much different, so much change, fun to watch, <laughs> and you know, a couple more goals from them. So that that was uh, that was an interesting game, maybe the most interesting game. Anyway, let's move it on, my friend, to to Anfield, yeah, and Liverpool. Mm. Um, good victory against Bournemouth, three uh, one. Yeah. And Donnie Ola, of course, a new manager for Bournemouth, sets the team a, a little bit differently now, Rob, where they're, they're very quick out mm. the blocks, high press. They won the ball a couple yeah. times early. Trent, as a heavy touch, gives the ball away, uh, and they go up in the game with uh, Semenyo. But after that, Rob, Liverpool yeah. kind of found, found their form, stopped making mistakes, and looked pretty slick yeah. in, in dispatching Bournemouth mm. after that. Yeah. I'd agree. My my notes, you know, as I started, were part of what I see today gives me reason that Mm. Liverpool might go close to challenging. Mm. Part of what I see now and then needs a bit of a tidy up if they're going to do that. And and I would say going forward, Rob, and and you know, you got when you got Salah, you got Jota, you got Diaz, you got Gazpo, and you got Sobberslai in a midfield breaking forward that's a that's a proper threat that that's top end threat there's still a little bit of clumsiness maybe i would say at the back um not quite being on, on top of things i've included the goalkeeper a little bit in that trent um my my takeaway with trent is in some respects, I think he, his role needs a little bit more defining to get the best of him. These times where playing into midfield, he's got to be more aware that, that, that that's an area where people are going to shut you down and, and yeah. the game can turn over, Rob. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they've got to be better set up when he does go in there that they, they've got the defence right. But, the, you know, the good side of, of Trent is he was involved in, in, in most of the good things. He was involved in, in most of the goals. Um, and... When things are ticking with, with this guy, Sabuzlai uh, in midfield, Rob, I've got a lot. I, I, yeah. I'm loving what I'm seeing yeah. from him in two games. Yeah. Absolutely loving what I'm seeing from him. So, mm. yes, 
plenty of good things, Rob, but a little, there's still a little bit at that back in those roles when, when Trent goes in that still hasn't quite been nailed down, and they've got to be tighter in, in games. You know, they started, Bournemouth could have scored like in the first 60 seconds before they scored and nicked nick the ball off them, and that press early on was causing them a bit of a problem until I think Jurgen Klopp said, We woke up, and once they did wake up, then we saw to see the Liverpool who we expect to see. Let me, let me throw this at you, Rob. Um, we know that Liverpool can find big money. They offered a, a, over £100 million pounds for, for Moises Caicedo. Yeah. Obviously, he decided to Caicedo, go to Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so they've got some money there. I, I'll be mm. honest with you. I, I, I think Liverpool should go out and buy a legitimate, proper, traditional right-back. A, a right-back that absolutely is, a, is an excellent defender that gives Jurgen Klopp the option of playing Trent in, in, in some of the, in inverted commas, easier games as right back going into midfield. But yeah. in certain games, yeah. no. Trent, you, you, you know, we're going to play somebody else at right back. Now, whether you play in midfield or whether you sit on the bench, that, that's, that's, I'm fine with that. It, I still... Hmm. I mean, all that being said, right, you know, there was no defensive drama in the second half. And for me, watching Liverpool no, right we're now, better. Yeah. I know what yeah. I know what they're going to do in midfield. I know what they're going to do up front. I mean, Endo, yeah. the new yeah. Japanese midfield player. We'll see. We'll mm. see whether whether how how yeah, yeah. how effective he's going to be. Minutes, didn't he? But but defensively, yeah. I know Joe Gomez came on. Did he come on for Trent? I think Joe Gomez came on for Trent late. Yeah, late right yeah. Back. It looked like Trent had a bit of a knock or something. Yeah. yeah. I just think that would be a smart way of using money to give that. I'm not saying that Trent should be out of the team because he's a brilliant footballer. We know that. But in certain situations, yeah. you know, in certain games, I think Liverpool would benefit from that defensive extra um, power there. We've seen Man City, Rob, haven't we? We've seen Man City play with, um, with four centre-backs yeah. and be much tougher defensively and go and let the midfield and the attackers do their thing knowing that they've got four brilliant mm. defenders back there. Um, Gvardiol, I thought, looked good as well for Man City, Rob, just, just briefly going back to there. So, yeah, I mean, that's just, yeah. the, that's just the take that I think that, that they would benefit from. The money is there. They've got a holding midfield player. Um, we will see. But I, I, thought, I thought they looked strong. There was no defensive drama. Alexis McAllister, Rob, throwing it back to you with the, with the red card, with a, just a little bit of a oh, clumsy yeah. Well, late... what about the penalty? There was two, there was two incidents, yeah, well, on, Rob, then. wasn't there? You, like, you go first. The, pe- the penalty. So I thought... The penalty... Sobberslai. It probably when it, when it was a penalty. Caught. Yeah, Sobberslai got caught, mm. didn't he? Uh, mm. Just inside the box. Mm. And it's one of them where he's a bit of contact. And there was, you know, there was a bit of contact and he goes down, he's inside the box. I thought they kind of got the benefit of the doubt on that one. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, OK, you see why it's given. I th- I th- it's one of them, if it wasn't given, would he looked at it and, and change his mind? Mm. Probably not. But I think having given it and you saw on, on the VAR that it was right... I think on the other one, Ron, I, I, my first feeling was it was a bit harsh because it looked like it, it was a mistimed mm. challenge. It wasn't like a, a malicious straight foot or trying mm. to take clear the ball out and, and clear the fella. But, Rob, all that said, in the current climate, mm. if, you, if you're that late and you're that high, yeah. you're probably going to see a red card. And yeah. so because of that, I didn't have an argument with that either. Yeah. No, that's right. I, th- I think I-, I thought the penalty was a bit soft. I mean, you know, we had a- we had a meeting again with the PGMOL, the head of referees, before the season yeah, starts. Yeah. We-, we have a we have a really nice um, conference call with the referees, with the Premier League, putting us up to date on on different refereeing kind of interpretations. 
And it was brought up again that, you know, we yeah. want penalties to be significant contact in the box. Um, you know, contact doesn't necessarily mean a, a foul. I just thought that was one of them a little bit. A yeah. little bit. And, and you know, like, like you said, mm. if it was given or not given, it's never going to get overturned because it wasn't a clear and obvious error. I thought it was a little bit soft. And same thing with McAllister, a little high, studs are up on the shin. Not a ton of excessive yeah. force where he's really going through the player. But I think you said in the mm. current climate, understandable. Um, so good, good signs Liverpool. Very good signs for them. Keep going, you know, keep it strong yeah. defensively. Just a quick line on Bournemouth, Rob, with a new manager. Different. Again, they're trying to do it a little bit differently. This was not a yeah. good day for them. Got outplayed, yeah. I think, in most areas. But um, what do you think quickly on... I, think, uh, yeah, Ola, I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be competitive, mate. I, mm. I, you know, I think the few people missing have them players. down to, to, to be, you know, part of the rele- relegation. Mm. And, and uh, Tyler Adams, isn't he? It looks yeah. like that, that business is done. And, and we'll make them better, mate. Yeah. A, that's a good little tidy pickup for, for Bournemouth, I, I, I think. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them a little bit more. Uh, you know, if Ariola yeah. comes with a decent reputation um, overseas, let's see if we can bring that to the, to the Premier League. But, uh, yeah, good day for Liverpool. Good three mm. points, gets them up and running. And uh, ahead of a, a, a difficult trip next weekend, Rob, they go to St James's Park on the Sunday. So uh, that's going to be a, a bit more of a test for Liverpool uh, against the Newcastle team who want to get back on the road. Absolutely right. OK, let's jump to the next game that was a fun game. We just, uh, we just watched mm. it um, on the Sunday. It was West yeah. Ham United, Rob, playing host at London Stadium against Chelsea. And West Ham won yeah. 3-1 against Chelsea, Rob, in a game that mm. uh, had a little bit of everything, really. Um, a lot yeah. of talk about Mauricio Pochettino and... I'll just start with this, Rob, yeah. that, that when we went to Stamford Bridge and, and we saw them play against Liverpool and got a good performance and looked good, yeah. it was for me, it was, oh, wow, that was surprisingly good. Didn't expect them to be as good as that right yeah. now. Well, this yeah. Chelsea was kind of what I expected last weekend. Um, God, yeah. a lot of mistakes, Rob. New, young players, a little bit naive, mistakes, yeah. set-piece mistakes, different people yeah. in different spots. Uh, Dizazi, the new defender, looks shaky to me, yeah. Rob. You, you had, you know, so mm. you, you miss a penalty. You, you, I mean, God, blimey, you, the most expensive player in British football comes on and gives <laughs> a penalty away. I mean, yeah, it, was, it was everything that I thought we might see from Chelsea, to be fair. Of course, there's flashes yeah. in there that look good and they've got, they got talented players um, mm. and, and Caicedo and Enzo are going to be really good together. But there's a lot, there's a lot yeah. of work to do, a long way to go, and they've got to cut out the mistakes of not marking at corner kicks or a defender that, that gives a ball away and then allows Mikel Antonio enough space to get a shot away where he scores. So some painful lessons, Rob, I thought, for some of those um, players at Chelsea. Yeah, I, I kind of had a similar note. Uh, there were some bright spots. I thought sometimes their football is quite sleek. They work it into d- d- uh, difficult, uh, decent areas. Um, I still feel there's a bit of in both boxes. They they, they mm. lack a little bit mm. of conviction mm. defending side, like you say, picking up, doing a good job, seeing things off. Desarzi getting closer, appreciating mm. this is a Premier League. You mm. can't sit a yard or two nope. off a forward in the Premier League, 18 yards from goal, mate, because he's, he's going to end up in the back of your net. Um, but at the other end of the pitch, I thought they they created one or two things, got to some good areas, some of those hot spots in the in, in the in the um, last third, but never really had the the bodies or the runs or the conviction of, of, the, of, mm. of their passing to, to get goals. So I think it's it's bright. I, I thought today it was a day where know how, understanding yeah. and Basics, good instruction really. mm. from from West Ham. Yeah, outdid a young t- a young team that mm. are. 
going to be inconsistent, Rob, and they're going to be trying in, the, in, the, in these days where form's going to go a bit up and down and, and Pochettino's going to have to manage that and know when to bring players out and give players a run. I thought one, one player, Robbie, who I was particularly impressed with today from Chelsea's point of view was Raheem Sterling. Uh, he yeah, really he looked like he had, the, he, had the, mm. he, 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 he had a bit between his teeth. He wanted to get on the ball. He was nice and lively. He gave Emerson some, some problems. Linked up nicely with Jackson, um, who's another robber. You know, I thought some, some nice moments from Jackson. Again, he's, he's, he's a little unlucky when he's run through and the, he was just offside yeah. when it would have been a penalty. Um, you know, if he can, he's got to get himself, you know, his goals and, and get on the run. But I, I like what he's doing. I think he's another one. But again, it's, it's keeping these guys confident and, and knowing the levels and consistent, which is going to be the, the challenge for, for Pochettino and, and Chelsea right now. But um, I, I thought there was there were some good moments that he can take away from. But in the end, you've got to have a bit of a bit of nous, a bit of Premier League know how. To get through difficult moments, and, and, and right is where we are. Chelsea, you know, we're a little bit short on that. I thought today. I mean, Chelsea have spent so much money on central midfield players <laughs> that that area mm. is they're good. Like that, that's done. That 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 central mm. midfield, the 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 midfield generals yeah. in there. There's three of them, Blavio now as well, and others. By the way, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, you made an interesting point, Rob, where they lack numbers going forward. I think that's a, that could be an issue. Now, we know that Chirwell and Rhys James, I thought Gusto yeah. was good, by the way. I think he's a, he's a good acquisition. Yeah, he's good they player, got him man. in January he's really good, on. Yeah, he's really a, good 20 years of yeah. age, a yeah. good wing back as well. Mm. Um, but when you think of lacking numbers going forward, Rob, I immediately think about the system and how they're playing. And, and the three slash is five. Yeah. You know, at times it's five at the back. I think ultimately mm. Pochettino will want to play with a back four. That leads to another attacking yeah. player to add a little bit because Absolutely. you said earlier defensively mistakes and shaky and also in the attacking third Rob with an extra man I, I'm like mm. they don't they don't look like it's creating much I mean Sterling yeah. was bright no Carney Chukmueka I, 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 I again I pointed him out on our, on our broadcast today Robbie he got caught out for the for the first goal the set piece goal it's his zone where um, Aguirre yeah. scored yeah. then he does a brilliant Aguirre bit of play where he in, scores yeah. himself and then sadly for him he went off looked like Something nasty. Kind of he couldn't, and, yeah, is it a knee or yeah. bang? I don't, mm. We don't know what it is right now. Yeah. I just think he's a, you know, that, that, he looks really good to me. It was a Chuck shame, yeah. He yeah. looks really good. Yeah, it was and, a shame. And, and, so yeah, they, it's a real shame. And, and yeah. Poch has played him a lot as well, Rob. Poch looks yeah. like he likes him. He wants to, you yeah. know, nurse him through. Yeah. But that's going to be a few of these players, isn't it? He's going to have to nurse them through, you know, difficult times, disappointing results, picking themselves up, going again. That's what the Premier League is, mate. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I think th th this, I, I just think we're going to talk Chelsea, Rob, and I think one week we're going to say, yeah, you know, yeah, a bit young, yeah, make some mistakes, yeah. and then next week we're going to say, mm -hmm. wow, they got, you know, they got some blooming good players yeah, here. That's good. And, and Pochettino afterwards, Rob, was, was a bit rambly with his answer. I think, I, think we're gonna, I think we're going to see that a little bit, because there's going to be times where, I mean, that's a bad result. A West Ham 3-1 defeat, it's a bad result. Mm. And when he came out and said that we need to... I'm not taking excuses and reasons why we can't win. We should be ready to win from day one. I'm like, blimey, that's not going to be easy with this amount of change and these young players and some of them that we don't know how they're going to react to the, to the level of the Premier League and the physicality yeah. of it. So, yeah, going to take time. We've seen them two games now. Really impressive one time. Not so much the second game, but that's, you know, the nature of, of building... It's a blimmin', it's a new team with a new manager. I mean, there's so much yeah, new about it. Yeah, it's a new team, yeah. It's, it's not easy. New. It's not easy. I think this whole season, Rob, is about building this this club, you know, 
getting the right culture back, getting the winning mentality yeah. back, building yeah. relationships on, the, on the football pitch. I think this whole season is that. And, yeah. and, where, and where they finish up, in some respects, is secondary to getting all those things right. Yeah. Next season is when we'll start to take a real judgment of where Chelsea are and how much progression they've made on, under Pochettino. Um, but yeah, in, in the words of people who know better than us, it's a project, my friend. It's it a po- Pochettino project mm. at, at the moment. Uh, okay, mate. Let's talk uh, about a couple of the other results that, that caught the eye. I, I'm going to go straight to Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, who hosted Brighton. Uh, Gary O'Neill, we, we spoke to uh, the touchline after a disappointing result for them at, at Old Trafford. Uh, another disappointing result at home: uh, Wolves four, Bra- Wolves one, one Brighton mm. four. Let me get that right. Yeah, Brighton um, eight goals in in two games, mate. Um, showing. You can sell players for £115 million and they still go on and, and, and play. I mean, it's an incredible job that this guy's done. Some stat came out, I think the Beckett um, read out yesterday, since Deserby's taken over at Brighton, only Man City and Liverpool have scored more goals than them. Yeah. So a team that, you know, played good football under Graham Potter but didn't really have a cutting edge, this guy's just taken them to a whole new level. I mean, it's incredible what, what, what's been done uh, at Brighton at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it just shows you that you can, you, you can turn the attacking dial up. You know, you can turn it up and you can throw people forward and you can, you know, you, you, can, you can improve that side of it. And he's done, he's done an amazing job there. Listen, this is way early yet. We're, we're, this is really, really early. If he can, mm. keeps this going, I mean, they're, they're, they're right towards the top of the league right now. <laughs> if, he keep, if he keeps this going, when one of your big boys, you know, gets impatient and loses their mm. job, he's got to be robbed. He's got to be in the frame for any of them, for any of them, of the big jobs that might come up mm. in that top six, seven, whatever you want to call it. Is he going to still be at Brighton at the end of the season? Yes. Said that quite quickly. Based mm. on mm. being around him a little bit the summer series, he did it yesterday again, talks a lot about the backup that he has from all the senior people, you know, Paul mm. Barber and mm. people like that around him. He's got a good group of players who he wants enjoys working with. Yes, at some point he's going to go, mate, and and whenever the time's right, and he'll have to, he'll pick the right one. But uh, I think he'll still be there. And and the, the strange one with that, Robin, it's a bit of a kind of dilemma. Why would you know if Graham Potter did great things or things to a certain level at Brighton that we thought were great things that have been taken on even further? But if Graham Potter was there and moved on to to a Chelsea, you know, big four, big, big top six team. And some suggested that the job was too big, and maybe in the end he, he couldn't quite handle it. Why? Why does Deser- What's different about Deserby? Why would Deserby be more successful? Brighton manager, same situation, different, you know, circumstances. Then going to the, to the big six. Yeah, well, there's always going to be a doubt when when a when a, a manager goes from a certain size club to the giant club. And to be yeah. fair to Graham Potter, mm. Rob, that, that job changed in the space of a few months with the amount of money that was getting spent, the amount of players coming in. Yeah. It was like, wow, just trying to get a head around it. I mean, every, every manager will think they can do it, Rob. Uh, and they're both very special coaches, but it is interesting when one goes mm. into the same club and makes it better whilst losing. Like Trossard, yeah. Caicedo, McAllister. Yeah. I mean, it, it is yeah. remarkable. So I think, I think he'll be next up for that. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but again, Brighton. I mean, it's they're a joy to watch with all the goals going in. Uh, a great result for them. Just just scanning around, Rob. The other ones as well. I did watch Villa today. 
You know, this is, this, this is the Premier League, isn't it? We, we see them get battered, battered at St. James's Park last weekend. Yeah. They lost 5-1. They collapsed in the second half. I thought they are good in the first half, but really poor in the second half. And yet yeah. today they dismantled Everton 4-0. McGinn scoring a really nicely worked goal. Their system, their tactical mm. advantage was, was, was clear on that one. Douglas Ruiz scores a penalty. Leon Bailey scores as well. And, and Duran, John yeah. Duran, the, the young forward, comes on and scores as yeah. well. Um, Everton... Wow, like, I mean, how many things do you want to pick out here? Dominic Calvert-Lewin, back in the side, gets bang on his face. Looks like he's got maybe yeah. facial damage. You have a, a, a Jordan Pickford, mm. the goalkeeper, Rob, that come out and doesn't get the ball and brings down the uh, attacking yeah, player. Penalty, the penalty, yeah. You have yeah. Alex Awerbegoff injured. Um, I mean, the throw-ins, like, they concede a goal from one throw-in from, from Aston Villa. Then they have a throw-in themselves and put, it was Ashley Young, uh, and put Everton on the attack. Yeah, so it was yeah, an awful day at yeah, the office yeah. uh, for Everton. Just when you think, like, mm. I don't know, made some good signings. And, and maybe, you know, when Jack Harrison's fit, and maybe Dwight Neal to add in as well. Um, I thought, to be fair, yeah. that uh, Arnold Danjuma looked pretty lively when he came on, Rob. So if you're an Everton fan, I'm trying to give you some yeah. reason to be optimistic. You could have Harrison, Danjuma, Cavalier Lewin. It's a different sort of injury. You know, maybe you can get back well, pretty quickly. Yeah. I mm. still feel. They've got enough there to be okay, but Blimenek, Everton fans, I mean, they get a few flipping body blows, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's, it, it almost feels like new season, same old Everton, doesn't it? And, and you know, they can ill afford to be... I mean, we were there last day, Rob, weren't we? And we, we felt the nerves and we felt the football club and, and they managed to... to um, Decore goal was enough to to keep them in the league. They they can't go back to that place again. No. Um, you know the, the, this club and the, these fans deserve so much better. But mm. difficult time uh, for Everton and, and Sean Dyche. As you say the right you know Dyche the right kind of personality to pull things round. But uh, got to start doing things soon mm. and you know get a few points on 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 the board or else confidence gets knocked and you know everybody's looking to play you then when, when things don't go well. So um, yeah, tough tough time for Everton at the moment. Got to get things going. Uh, Fulham nil, Brentford three. Uh, Wiesa and Mbomo continue to score goals, mate, with yeah. Ivan Tony out. That was always been the big question. Twenty goals from Ivan Tony. Where would they get those from? But Thomas Frank spoke highly of, of these two guys and said there's more to them than, than you've seen. And, and, and maybe with, with Ivan Tony, you know, not being available for first half of the season, we'll see that. And, and, and maybe that's what that, that, that's true. We're starting to see these two guys, um, you know feel like they're the man, feel like the team's set up for them to score goals. And at the moment, you know, things are going well for Brentford. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's got to be a little bit worrying for Fulham. I mean, it's it's never nice when you're at home mm. early in the season to get a bit of a, a shellacking like that. We know that Alexander Mitrovic, Rob, has been confirmed, I think, today. Yeah, he's going he's to in, yeah. the Saudi Pro League, another, you know, you know, top player-ish from, from Premier League has been poached and has yeah. been attracted yeah. to Saudi Arabian Pro League. So that that's not going to help him. And, and uh, Marco Silva was a bit, little bit scathing or like, you know, he's wanted to get away. So des- he desperately wanted to leave. It's yeah. not ideal when that happens. Um, so, yeah, not not good for Fulham. Um, but Brentford, yeah, they've, they've, again, a little bit like Brighton. We know we've talked so much about those two clubs mm-hmm. that, that do a great job on recruiting. And, you know, I didn't get a close look at this game. That's in the window and all the games going on at the same time. But Brentford, I think, are playing yeah. Wissar and Mbumo as a two up there together as a pair, which is smart, where yeah. it's Tony, it's sometimes a two, but it's more often, you know, three across, across the top part of the field. Right. So yeah, I like the way they're side, playing yeah. as a two. Yeah. So, yeah, well done. Mm. Uh, what's the other one we got here? Finally, got... Nottingham Forest. Yeah, Forest and Sheffield yeah, United. Not, not, not Forest, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Forest two, Sheffield United uh, one. Um, 
goal threat, uh, travel. Awanis come good for Forest, mm. you know, end of last season, kicked into this season in, in good form again, two and two for him uh, against Sheffield United team. Uh, well set up, but you know, have, have got their limitations. It's going to be, a, I think, it's going to be a struggle for Paul Hackenbottom and his team. But Forest, um, important win at home. Home form was so uh, so good for them last season, and, and Chris Wood. Uh, Awani with uh, Brennan Johnson, Gibbs White, and Ilanga. You tend to think there's enough up there, Rob, to, you know, if they can keep things tight at the back, um, there's enough for them to get over the second season uh, syndrome and, and, and survive again. Yeah, I think so. I think we've talked about it between the goals uh, of Chris Wood and Awani. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a great example. Both, both, both centre forwards get a goal, good headers, creativity of Gibbs yeah. White and Johnson, the pace now of of Anthony Langer is a good addition as well. And um, yeah. I didn't think they played... Mm, it was funny, I listened to the uh, local sports radio afterwards and, and still still the Notts Forest, uh, Nottingham Forest uh, fans sorry, are yeah, they're, yeah. A bit, they're a little bit out on Steve Cooper. Like they, you know, there was periods where they didn't play t- particularly well. Yeah, really? Sheffield United looked strong. Yeah, there was a few that were saying, you know, to get to the next wow. level, we, we might have to ch- you know, get, change a manager. <laughs> so, you know, that's wow. where we're at right now. Um, but I'm with you. I like what he's done. And there's no reason with this yeah. squad, they've made some signings again uh, in this window. Not as many, of course, as last year, but they, they mm. can be absolutely okay. One bright spark, spark with the Sheffield United, I thought, was Gustavo Hamer. Hamer. It's Gustavo Hamer. Yeah, they got him from yeah. Coventry City. Um, yeah. Scored goals yeah, for Coventry yeah. last year. Attacking midfield yeah. scored a lovely goal. Mm. Yeah, because they are going to struggle to score goals, Sheffield United. They've got young forwards up there. You know, the likes of Ollie McBurney yeah. to come back and, and Rian Brewster, but they've been there before and I'm not sure they're mm. going to be the absolute answer. So I know Paul Heckenbottom... Yeah, not guaranteed, are they? Yeah, yeah. I know he's looking for, 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 for players at the front to create and score because they had plenty of that last year. They got stripped away in the summer when players were either went back to, to their parent clubs or, or they sold really important players. Of course, Njai uh, went to Marseille for $20 million, Rob, which is their top goal scorer for last year. Yeah. So... I think we're agreed on that. It could be a long, difficult season for Sheffield United. Hmm. And just finally, mate, just a, a little bit of commiserations to the Lionesses. They, they lost yeah. 1-0 to Spain in the Women's World Cup final over in Australia. Um, what a great run they've had and doing so much good work for um, women's football mm. in, in England and young girls playing. So um, a little disappointing, obviously, not to win, but still great work being done by that group so commiserations to them okay mate let's wrap it up here for that's it for match week two of a new season at the top normal service resume for Man City two wins out of two but it's Brighton who sit top of the pile six points and eight goals for them and at the other end well uh, Everton and Wolves they still got work to do maybe a little bit more work in the transfer window before the window shuts we'll be back next weekend Sunday August the 27th when Newcastle face Liverpool at St James's Park so a big game one not to miss but for now I'm El he's Musty together with the two Robbies thanks for watching and listening be safe stay healthy it's a good night from me and it's good night from him good night good night